If you're an entrepreneur, you know what it means to take personal and financial risks, create jobs that support your community, and devote most of your time to your business. But do you know how to plan for a successful exit from your business? Do you know who should be involved in creating your succession or transition plan and the steps along the way? Welcome to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. The podcast theme is inspired by critically acclaimed business author, Bo Burlingham, author of Finish Big, how great entrepreneurs exit their companies on top. In this podcast, you'll hear success stories of exit plans done right and pick up practical tips based on years of legacy business advisors' expertise and knowledge about the largest and most important financial transaction of your life. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Finish Big with your host, Mark Dorman. We're to talk about how you can finish big. And welcome and hello to Mark Dorman. Hi, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Wendy. How are you? Oh, I am doing just great. So we are talking a little bit today about what issues are facing baby boomer business owners. So let's talk about that. First and foremost, you know, the numbers are, as we stated earlier in our last episode, the numbers are quite staggering. There's over 20 million business owners in America. Uh, you do have the the graying of America or what we refer to as the silver tsunami. And these are over 10 million business owners that are going to uh, essentially reach the beach, so to speak, or reach the shore of finishing their careers. And they own their own business and they need to have a plan. They need to re recognize how they can transition out of their business and turn their life's work into future income stream uh, while maintaining jobs in the community, uh, the sense of self-accomplishment, et cetera. So uh, it is a very, very uh, emotional issue that business owners face. Uh, it is very financially complicated. Because of uh, owning a business becomes just a very, very dynamic situation, tax, real estate, et cetera. And we're looking to really provide them with insight as to how other business owners have tackled these issues and how uh, they best can prepare for what will be the largest and most significant financial transaction of their lives. Can I ask you a question? When you talk about exit strategies, are you talking about closing up the business, transferring the business, or selling the business? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a fair question. Uh, we're talking about exiting, extracting themselves from the business, right? So let's just take a step back. I mean, a business owner, when you look at when we've had clients and engagements over the years, a business owner certainly could say, hey, I'm going to you know, die with my boots on, so to speak, and I'm going to continue to work. And for many business owners, that is their solution and their preferred path. They just have to have a plan in place for continuity in case something happens to them and they don't, you know, they can't finish the job, so to speak. But more often than not, when we talk about exit planning, we're talking about the transition of one's business to either a third party, which could be a new buyer or private equity or something along those lines, or an inside transfer. And an inside transfer would be could be to children that are in the business. It could be to key employees. It could be to through an employee stock ownership. So these are all the issues that one needs to examine uh, and get their hands around prior to putting their signature on a document. 
Okay. So what are the four stages then of the exit phase? Uh, as I just shared with you, exploration or what we call the exploratory stage would be uh, number one. And during the exploratory stage, it's really a business owner is investigating the many possibilities and doing the necessary introspection of what they want and deciding uh, what to do and what they do and don't care about in their exit. So what's important to them? You know, for example, uh, I had a, a business owner here in my market that uh, was recently made a significant offer to sell their business to a private equity firm. And it was all cash and it was in the multiple, multiple tens of millions. And at the closing, uh, the day of the close of the transaction, they walked away from a cash offer at the very last minute. And when I you know, began to explore and kind of peel away the onion, I said, well, what was the significant issue uh, that arose? Um, what changed? And they said, well, initially, uh, this was going to be a private equity transaction. Uh, initially, the private equity firm said nothing will change, right? All the jobs will stay here in, in this community. And this company has been in, in a local community here uh, in Northeast Ohio for decades. But, you know, during the, uh, the small talk prior to the close and the actual execution of the documents, it came out that you know, the plant manager was going to be shipped to the private equity portfolio company in Phoenix, and the president was going to be shipped to a company in Minnesota. And the owner of this particular company said, whoa, 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 you know, I thought everything was going to remain the same. And they said, well, yeah, but now that we own the company, we're kind of going to reshuffle the deck and redeploy some of these, these assets, you know, these people throughout. And he called the deal off at the last minute. And so when I met with him and his wife, uh, and, and again, we began to explore what was important to them. It became clear to them and I, to us, that the most important thing was keeping this company in the community and keeping the jobs and the people and not upsetting their lives. That was the biggest driving factor. It was not money. So the first stage is the exploratory stage. So with that, though, you would then have to be very careful because if I'm not saying it properly, correct me, it looked like they were telling him one thing, but then put something else in the fine print. Correct. Correct. And, and they had every legal right to do that. Right. Um, and it wasn't necessarily in the documents, but it just came out that their intentions were to take some of the talent that was at this individual's company and spread it throughout other portfolio companies, which, you know, that is certainly a strategy that private equity firms will deploy. Uh, the, the issue for this client was that they, they, they first had hired an investment banking firm to represent them and the investment banking firm did their job, right? Their job is to find the, the largest a buyer who's going to pay the most for this particular company. However, what the client didn't do is really examine what was important. And the overriding factor here was hey, I want to keep my business in this community and I don't want to be sold for pieces, parts and spread throughout the country. Gotcha. So what other stages then? Well, then the second stage would be strategic, right? And this is a probably the most difficult stage for business owners. Everybody thinks their baby's the most beautiful, right? Uh, and in the strategic stage, uh, you, you, you really, a business owner needs to learn to view uh, their company as a product and, and building into this company, into their company, the qualities and characteristics that will maximize its value. What we like to tell our clients is, is this, look, you need to become radically objective 
when you look at your business. You need to look at it through the eyes of a potential buyer. And a buyer is going to do two things. One, a buyer is going to examine your company. He's going to tell you, boy, you this thing is beautiful and it's worth X. They might have you sign a letter of intent. And that letter of intent was typically going to take your business off the market if you're selling it to a third party. And then when they come back with a purchase agreement and go into due diligence phase, they're going to start to whittle away and tell you that your business isn't as good as they thought it was. And there's a lot of areas where you've, you have weakness and things need to be worked on. And then the price is just going to come down and down and down. So part of the exit planning process is to assess the current value of your business and go through a process where you identify where your quote unquote leaking oil, what needs fixed up, you know, just like if you were selling your house, right? You might put a fresh coat of paint, maybe touch up the landscaping, et cetera, because you know that that are things that are going to, you know, kind of, you're going to get nicked on your value. So we feel, Hey, rather than the buyer, you know, whittling down your value, how about if we get out in front of this process vis-a-vis -vis exit planning and work on building your business and making it better along the way. And in doing so, we're increasing the value and we're going to increase the odds of a fair market value being received by the seller. Okay. So what's next? Well, the next stage would be execution, right? So this is the process you go through to get the deal done, right? So this would be you know, the lawyers and the accountants get involved, you know, the type of structure is going to be whether it's going to be an asset sale, maybe, or it's going to be a stock sale, but whatever type of exit that you're looking for, this is the actual structure of the documents and how the deal gets done. This is typically more often the easier part, right? Because, you know, the professionals do these do deals all the time. And I try to talk to my friends who are attorneys and say, yeah, you do deals all the time. But you know, when you're doing a deal for a client's business. This is something that they've worked on for 40 years, 35 years. And what is just another transaction for you, Mr. Attorney, is really, you know, the biggest emotional transaction of this individual's life, right? So exiting one's business becomes extremely, extremely difficult for many, many owners. And that leads us into really the fourth stage, right? And that is transition, right? So you know, we, first, we're going to explore. Second, we're going to look at our business strategically through the eyes of a, a, of a potential buyer. We're going to put the deal together, execute the deal. But for often the many business owners, particularly men, the question becomes, what am I going to do next? So one day I'm, you know, the king of the castle and everyone's depending upon me and I've got a preferred parking spot and I walk into the office and the employees are like, you know, there goes the owner of the company. He's got a very active Rolodex, big network for business. And unfortunately, he closes the deal. He puts maybe he or she puts a ton of money in their bank account and then their phone stops ringing. Right. And nobody needs them anymore. And the quote unquote, you know, the, the juice that they might generate from owning a business and being an entrepreneur uh, is no longer there. So, you know, the transition stage begins with the completion of the deal and really ends when the business owner becomes fully engaged in whatever comes next. So when we go through our exit planning process, we really poke and prod and ask the client, where do you see yourself five years from now? What will you be doing? Playing golf every day is not a feasible retirement plan, right? That's certainly not an exit plan. You know, buying a big boat sounds good, but 
you really need to, you know, what's going to give you the fulfillment that you had of building a business. So for many of our clients, we talk about becoming, you know, uh, members of advisory boards, giving back to the community, right? You, you know, spending more time on, on uh, work, helping others prepare for exit. So uh, members of our team have exited businesses and, and, and a lot of them have so much wisdom to give current business owners on the need to prepare or transition into what comes next. Out of curiosity, how many people lack a transition plan? Oh, I mean, uh, the, the odds are staggering, right? It's something like uh, one out of 30 business owners have ever even talked to an advisor about exiting their business, right? So, I mean, this is this is really what the conundrum, right? Most business owners, if you looked at their financial statement, about 90% of their wealth is tied up or tied to the value of their business. So it's either in the value of the company itself or the value of the company and maybe the real estate that the, the company's operating out of. Uh, those individuals are really, as we say, they're kind of all in. Their chips are in the center of the table uh, as to how they view their business, right? They're willing to sign personally on debt. They're willing to consistently reinvest, maybe not get paid if business softens up. They've got a, a, a tremendous amount of pressure and a cross to bear in terms of keeping the doors open, keeping their their employees paid and, and employed. And this is where we think that, you know, our, our methodology is better. The first thing we need to do is have a real heart to heart with business owners and say, you have a tremendous obligation to get out in front of this, right? So it's not, you may, you may employ 50 employees, but you just assume that each one of them has, you know, two or three family members, and then you've got a community and you've got jobs that you're creating. So it's an entire little micro economy. And as I said earlier, I mean, it is just staggering to me that most business owners fail to even speak to anyone about this, right? So if 90% of their wealth is tied up within their business, and they expect about the vast majority of their retirement to be funded by the transition of their business, yet they have no plan on how to really get there. And this is why the exit planning industry uh, has really blossomed and become so important. So tell us about the elements of a good exit plan. Well, the elements uh, are many, right? So there's about half a dozen elements that Bo Burlingham outlines in his book so eloquently, right? The first one would be that owners feel uh, that they've been treated fairly during the exit process and they've been appropriately compensated. And just to just to you know unpack that, that doesn't mean that they've gotten the top, the highest amount of money, but they feel like they've been treated fairly, right? And they they feel like it, they've been, they feel really good about how the transaction played out. Appropriately compensated is different from they got top dollar for their business, and then it was base the business might have been taken apart. Um, so that sense of satisfaction, the sense of relief that, you know, the jobs may be intact, the community remains uh, served in terms of, uh, you know, the economy that's created by their business, et cetera. And that would be number one. Uh, number two would be that they have a tremendous sense of accomplishment, right? They can look back uh, at their career and they know that they've contributed something of value to the world. And for many, many people, this is, I think, the overriding number one element. They need to feel good on the other side, right? 
selling their business for top dollar. And then, you know, if you're selling it to a third party or private equity and they come in and they just, as I said, tear the business apart. And I've, I've spoken to business owners about that, that, that this has happened to, they feel terrible about it, right? They feel that, you know, their life's work was essentially dismantled before their very eyes. Yeah, they've got money in the bank, but they wish they could, if they had to do it all over again, they would have done it differently. And this is one of the things we want to explore in, uh, in our podcast. Number three would be that the business owners feel that they're at peace with, uh, with what's happened to other people or to help them build their business. And so for many of our clients, this becomes something that we talk about. Are there any individuals? Well, typically, when a business starts, it's maybe one or two people, then there's third key people. And those folks are with that business owner, perhaps through their entire careers. And that business wouldn't be worth what it was, and it wouldn't have become what it's worth today without those people. So business owners, uh, yes, they want to be financially secure. Yes, they would like to receive and be fairly compensated, but they also want to treat members of their team, those key people that have the key contributors fairly. So during this, during the exit planning process, we seek to explore methods that we can compensate those individuals for the success that they've contributed towards uh, a business owner's growth. The fifth element uh, would be that they've discovered a new sense of purpose outside of their business. So this becomes, you know, fair game uh, right along the lines of the transition planning. And a business owner needs to arrive at a new destination that they're no longer a business business owner. In fact, the second chapter in the book, Finish Big by Bo Burlingham, is entitled, If I'm Not My Business, Then Who Am I? Right. Again, this is something that is you see it play out more for male business owners. Their their ego is tied up in being a business owner. And if that no they're no longer, they'll, you know, they're now referred to, well, he or she used to own, right? They're kind of put out to pasture. Uh, so it becomes vitally important for their sense of uh, well personal well-being that they've discovered a new sense of purpose outside of their business interests. And the fifth is not always in play, but for many, many business owners, the sense of satisfaction that they receive about a terrific transition might be reflected in the fact that the company that they transitioned out of is actually going on better without them. Uh, another great book for our listeners would be the book by Doug Tatum called No Man's Land. And it talks about the fact that for many business owners, they're very, very capable of launching a terrific business, getting it up to a certain point, whether it's you know a certain sales or certain scale, if you will. But then they hit a personal glass ceiling. They're limited by their own, uh, whether self-limiting beliefs or their own uh, knowledge, capital, et cetera. Uh, and, and for many, when they transition, business owners, when they transition out of their business, it's to be able to look back and say, hey, with new leadership, with maybe a more professional management team, this business has launched to an entirely new level, and that gives business owners a tremendous sense of satisfaction. Yeah, I did that. I started that. Correct. I started that. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So tell us a little bit about the factors determining the type of exit you'll have. Well, Wendy, there are basically seven or seven and a half key factors that will determine the type of exit that you have. 
the number one, number one, and you can see the themes that are that that are outlined in this in this uh, the podcast here. But it's critically important for a business owner to know who they are, what they want, and why. Right. So that's this introspection. What's important to you? The second is for a business owner again to become radically objective about their business and to build a business that can be sold when and to whom you want to sell it. You know, so it's always beginning with the end in mind. Oftentimes uh, in our journey through our, our clients and throughout my career, we've come across businesses that are just not transferable. They cannot be sold. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, it's quite easy, right? They could have a very, very high level of customer concentration. So if a comp, you know, a customer, uh, if a business loses two or three key customers, their business is gone. Owner centricity is another major issue. Uh, so business basically revolves around the personality of the owner. And if that owner is pulled out of the equation, it's a bit like a house of cards. So one of the key elements in exit planning is to get out in front, identify these issues, and then work to fix them, right? Less customer concentration, less owner centricity, so that we can build that business to be sold to whom we want to sell it and for uh, and when we want to sell it. Now tell me about uh, preparing um, enough time to fail. Yeah, I mean, so the third, uh, you know, the third factor would be giving yourself enough time to prepare, right? And that's not months, ladies and gentlemen, right? That's in years, right? People ask me all the time, uh, when should I start exit planning? Bo Burlingham says in his book quite clearly that, you know, the worst, the worst byproduct of starting an exit planning process is you're going to make your business worth more valuable and more attractive, right? So it's always going to be in better shape. But when you talk about exit planning and the one's ability to finish big, you're giving yourself enough time and years to prepare to really examine your business, to explore what's important to you, to strategize about what your options are. And unfortunately, you know, another issue is, is you have to be able to just choose a successor, give yourself enough time to fail, right? And you say, well, what, what do you mean by that? I, you know, we've seen it time and time again where a business owner might identify, let's say I pick you, Wendy, that you're going to be my successor and that's my plan, but I don't really share it with you. And then when I approach you and say, hey, Wendy, you know, congratulations, I'm going to give you the, the keys to my business and I'm going to sell it to you. But we've had experiences where in that example, the individual in your chair is saying, I have no interest in becoming a business owner. I'm perfectly happy being number two or the third, you know, the third person on the totem pole. I'm risk averse. We're planning on moving, et cetera. Uh, so you have to be, have to give yourself enough time to explore what you want, strategize what your options are, and then build a plan B or even a plan C if those don't work. Uh, the fourth factor would be that you have to get you know, help and advice from people who have been through it themselves, right? So there's, you know, there's tons of professionals out there that are able to help you. But I can tell you, I've exited two businesses now uh, successfully. People on our team have exited businesses successfully. We've talked to business owners over the years that have had failed exit. And Bo talks about this in his book, kind of the, kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of 
of exits, but to have someone on the team or someone in your circle of influence who has been through a successful exit or an exit, really any form, and they can share with you the good, the bad parts of their journey, and you can impart that wisdom into your personal journey. The fifth factor would be that you do right by the people who've shared the journey with you, right? So we talked about this as far as being an element of a good business there, you know, a, a business owners at peace with people that, that what, what's happened to people that have helped them build the business. And there are some very simple methods that we'll explore in, in future episodes where business owners can take care of the people that really took care of the business owner, right? Uh, and, and it could typically it's financially, it could be a percentage of the sale or proceeds or something, or some type of stay bonus arrangement or golden handcuffs, but it becomes a key factor in the success of one's exit, right? Uh, the sixth, the sixth factor would be that you analyze why potential buyers would want to acquire your business. So this goes back to some of the earlier comments uh, in today's show, you know, where we're becoming radically objective. We are, are are helping our clients look at their business through the lens of a potential buyer. And you need to analyze why those buyers would want to buy your business, right? What is it about your business that makes it attractive to them? And why would they want to acquire it, acquire your management team, acquire your distribution channels, et cetera. So this is all part of working on one's business and looking down the road and saying, hey, every element that I build into my business needs to be building value. What is the purpose? So just becoming radically objective. And then finally, as Bo outlines in his book, they can be, a business owner becomes fully engaged in whatever comes next, right? And that can be uh, I mean, it could be active in the community. It could be, you know, being uh, with it locally here, the Chambers of Commerce, becoming a, a, an outsource executive where they're helping other business owners. They're helping launch other businesses. They're working with incubators, economic development opportunities. So it's these factors that really kind of go into the soup, so to speak, and give uh, a business owner what we would call a very, very successful exit. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important. I think um, it's interesting to me. I think that so many little people put a lot of thought into the what comes next part. And that really is truly one of the most important parts, because as you were saying, you know, you need to feel that sense of purpose and, you know, it's kind of your why. And people think that they're just going to want to golf and boat and sit in front of the TV, but it really becomes much more meaningful than that. Oh, there's that without question, right? I mean, you got to have your, uh, you got to have your reason for jumping out of bed in the morning, right? And yeah. um, money is, a, is, it certainly doesn't serve that purpose. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs are very, very unique people. Uh, I, I've said it over the years, I think they should build statues to them. I mean, I, I had a client who's since passed away that at one point employed 1500 people and, you know, the government looks at these individuals as a target, you know, these business owners, they don't pay any tax, which is absolutely rubbish, by the way. But look what they've done, right? They have created an economy that serves their community, that, you know, puts food on the table for thousands of employees. And they really are the economic heroes of America and the incubators for, uh, for business in, in our country. Yeah, 
Well, this has all been very enlightening. So thank you, Mark. Uh, next time, we're actually going to be talking about the process of how it goes. So that is something for you to look forward to. Yeah, look forward to that. So we, uh, we've we got a process that a uh, little teaser here, but Bo Burlingham uh, shared with me that our process is, is really the best he's seen. So I, I look forward to sharing it with you, Wendy. All right. So how can people get in touch with you? Uh, very easily. Uh, best place would be to give us a shout at 330-350-5410. Uh, or you can uh, check out our website at www.legacybusinessadvisors.com. All right. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for joining us. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. We hope you enjoyed listening to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman from Legacy Business Advisors. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes are available. Learn more at LegacyBusinessAdvisors.com or call 330-350-5410. Please be aware the information in these podcasts represent the views and opinions of our guests and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Legacy Business Advisors. The content is for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your legal or tax professional with any questions regarding your specific situation.